name is Gracie. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so um, if y'all don't know, I'm a senior here, and I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited to be here with y'all. So um, as I was preparing for tonight, I kind of like had somewhat of an idea of what I wanted to do after I spent a while not knowing what I was going to do. Um, and then I kind of just like started to write stuff down, and I realized they all had something to do with boasting. And so I was like, okay. So going to the place that I go to when I'm looking for an answer, I go to Google. And I Googled boasting Bible verses, and I'm skimming through them, and um, some of them I'm like, okay, cool, like, yeah, awesome. And then one of them that really, really stuck out to me was 2 Corinthians 11.30, and it says, if I must boast, I'm a, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And I was like, okay, well, why in the world would I boast about that? Like, that sounds really weird. Like, I just didn't understand what was going on. And so I was kind of like, okay. I just kept skimming. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to use that Bible verse because that's weird. But then I'm like, okay, it just, it's stuck in my head. And I, I can't get off of, like, what does that even mean? So growing up in church and kind of, like, hearing people say, like, oh, you should always read the Bible in context. So I open my handy-dandy Bible to 2 Corinthians 11, and I just kind of started reading, um, like, from the little subheading, and it was titled, Paul Boasts About His Suffering. So it starts in, um, you don't have to turn there yet, but if you want to, cool. Um, <clears throat> it starts in verse 16 of chapter 11, and what I, like, I just started reading, and then I ended up getting into the next chapter, and I was just, like, reading away. I was like, wow, this is, like, really awesome. And after I kind of, like, got to a stopping point, I was like, wow, how have I never read this passage before? Like, it's really so incredible, and it's something that you feel like you should be growing up hearing, and I was just, like, so fascinated. Um, and then the second thing that I really realized was, like, Paul's relationship with Christ was super evident here, and, like, his need for God was evident as well, and that just really stuck out to me. So if you haven't already turned to, and if you'd like to, turn to 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, verse 16, not chapter 16. <laughs> Testing, y'all. So... It's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. And I'm just going to read through what it says. Cool. Okay. So in verse 16, it says, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident self boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you, know, since you are wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself toward you or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. This is my favorite part because Paul gets kind of a little, little sassy. And <laughs> he goes, what anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I, dare, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I just like, it's so funny to hear him say that. So then in the next um, couple of verses, he lists 22 things that he's gone through, like suffering-wise. Um, and he's saying things like, I've been in prison more frequently. I've been constantly on the move. I'm, I'm constantly burdened for these churches. And so... Um, in the previous verses, he's talking about, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to boast in the, the ways the world does. I'm boasting in all of my weaknesses, and he goes and lists, like, a ton of them. Um, and then picking back up in verse 30, 
He says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. And that was the verse that I had read, and I was like, whoa, dang. Like, it kind of had this, like, crazy epiphany when you, like, read something in the Bible, and you're like, whoa, I get it. Like, have y'all ever had that? Yeah, where you're like, okay, I've heard that verse, and then you read it in context, and you're like, what the heck? Like, oh, my gosh. And it's just this crazy, like, exciting thing, and you want to, like, tell everybody about it. So that's me today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so... um, The main thing that I'm going to be talking about tonight is like three myths that the flesh boasts in. And the first one is God will never give you more than you can handle. So if you're like me, that's probably something a lot of people have told you. You're like, oh, you're going through a trial or something hard. And you're like, they're like, God will never give you more than you can can handle. Like, don't worry. It's going to be okay. Like, God will never give you more than you can handle. And like, that's such a common thing. But yet, if you're like me as well, you kind of realize, well, that's kind of false. I mean, I can definitely pick out times in my life when I'm like, God's given me way more than I can handle. Like, what the heck, God? Like, why would you do that to me? Like, who do you think you are? And that's really dumb. Don't do that, because God's like, eh. Um, I always picture him just, like, looking down as like, LOL. Like, that's what I would do. Um, but, like, the key phrase, as I'm, like, reflecting over this, is, the, the key phrase that's missing is, God will never give you more than you can handle with him. So, God never promises that this life is going to be easy and that he's going to just give us this fine dandy walk, like, woohoo, yeah, life. He's, he never promises that, like, sorry if that's what you're searching for in this Christian walk, because it's not that. But he says that he'll never give you more than you can handle with him. Um, in Matthew 19, 26, it says, with God, all things are possible. Like, I mean, it's right there. So um, it's like, yes, God is going to give us more than like we as a human can handle, but it's never going to be more than he can handle, more than we can handle with him. So the second one is the phrase or the lie of you've got this. So y'all might be kind of like, okay, well, how's that a lie? Like I hear that all the time, or that's like a really big encouragement. Well, I don't mean to like degrade anyone, but it's really saying like you as a person, as a mere human deserving of death that's separated from God and that's like as a human itself, like, does not deserve, like, you don't have this, like, what do you have, like, nothing, like, (laughs) I mean, but again, the key phrase is, you don't, you, you've got this, like, you don't have this without him, so without Christ, Um, and in Philippians 4.13, it says, um, I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength, and it's a little tidbit of the Bible, there's never a thing that God doesn't say, you can't do it with me, so, um, I'm not trying to, like, knock down your self-esteem or to be like, oh, you don't have this as, like, a negative thing, but simply as a reminder of, no, you don't have this, but a reminder that you have a Savior that is with you, and you can do this with him, and reminding you of that truth. So as I'm kind of reflecting over these things, it's like, well, I mean, I've heard them all the time. Like, people have told me all the time, you've got this. Like, I used to be a swimmer, or do any of y'all do, like, sports or, like, competitions or, like, math competitions or, like, fun, educational, smart people things? Like, like we've all been in some kind of competition that you're, like, and somebody's, like, you've got this. Like, you can go. Like, let's do it. And you're, like, okay, oh, yeah, like, this is such a great thing. Or, like, maybe you're going through, like, something hard, and um, they're, like, God will never give you more than you can handle. Don't worry. Like, like just take it, like, you know, whatever, but it's really, like, the more I think about it, it's, like, your common 
denominator of why people say this to us and why it's so common is it's more of a comfort to us. And we're, um, it, it's something that we say to comfort another person, which isn't bad. Like, that's not a bad thing. Um, it just kind of takes away from the fact that we are very much dependent on our Lord and Savior. And without him, we cannot do life. Um, and so for me, like personally, like coming up here and speaking to y'all is very much out of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm not like, like it, it's just not me. Like my, in my flesh, I would be like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, and it's funny because if any of y'all have ever known me when I was younger and you thought, oh, yeah, like, like 10 years from now, you'll be up on stage like teaching at midweek, I probably would have been like laughing at you in my head, but I'd probably be too shy to like actually tell you that in real life. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, like just kind of sit there. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? But it's funny because God is funny and he uses your weaknesses. Um, and so that's what Paul's saying in here, like to boast in our weaknesses and to find joy in um, the things that we're not good at. Like I wouldn't consider myself a teacher in any way, shape, or form or like a speaker because um, I'm <laughs> kind of awkward. But God still uses it to give you opportunities to be here. Um, and so, um, as I was saying before, like this, this, these two phrases that people say, like they're really easy to hear somebody say and you can kind of take that and try to muster up your own strength to then go out and do it. But the bitter reality of it is where it leads to disappointment because we don't, end up doing it. We don't end up accomplishing what we think we could because we can't without Christ. And so um, the whole gist is to, to boast in your weaknesses and to find joy in that. And um, when we're faced with a trial or like school is just super stressful or um, just like the thought of like, what am I going to do with my life after high school, after middle school, after school? Like, like what am I going to do? And um, it's just to be able to like fall on your knees and to just say, okay, God, like, I trust you with my life. Like, I cannot do this on my own, but I know that I don't have to, and I have you. And to just remember that he died on the cross for your sins, and you are forgiven. And so, yeah. So, leading into the third um, myth of the flesh is emotions are merely feelings. So that might sound a little a little crazy, because you're thinking, okay, emotions are kind of feelings, but to support this, if you still have your Bibles open, and if you don't, uh, pull them back out, and if you forgot them, shame on you, but that's okay, I prepared for you anyway, um, it'll be on the screen, and go back to 2 Corinthians 12, so just a little ways down the page, and in verses 5 through 10, so is where we're going to be reading, but um, the beginning part of that, Paul's continuing talking about boasting, and he's saying, like, there's this man that um, he was caught up in this, like, crazy thing. And, like, Paul's having all these revelations about him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But he's then saying, and he starts out, like, in verse 5, about, I will boast about a man like that. So meaning, like, the man that he was talking about previously that um, has had all these crazy experiences, like, with Christ and um, stuff like that. So he's saying, I'll boast about a man like that but I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Um, so, like, when I was reading that, the phrase, a thorn in my flesh, really 
stuck out. It was like, well, if a thorn, like, like when you think of a thorn, like, what do you think of? A rose? Yeah, flowers. One of my favorite things. But yeah, yeah, you think of like thorns and like pokey things and like not fun. You're like, oh, there's a thorn, like that hurts. Or you like, oh my gosh, have y'all ever been to the hill country and you like step on those little prickers and they're like stuck in your toes and they're so annoying because you're like, ah! And like, if you're like me, like I pull like band-aids off really, really slowly because I just, I'm scared and they hurt. And so like when you have to pull a thorn out, you're like, oh my gosh, like, but you just are supposed to like rip it out. Like that's what my dad always said. He's like, you just got to rip it out. And you're like, no, 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 like that's going to hurt. So like when you think of a thorn, you think of like, something painful, and so if it's a thorn in your flesh, like, man, that would hurt. Like, just think of, like, a giant thorn. Like, if you've ever had, like, a dream about, like, giant bugs or, like, really insane, like, out-of-life things, like, I don't know, I have those scary dreams. (laughs) Um, But you have them, and so it's, like, just giant thorn, like, stuck in your flesh, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's really scary. I don't know why I just had this vision of that, but, like, that's scary. So the point of that really, um, creepy image is that like there's a thorn in your flesh and so there's a thorn in his flesh and he's saying like it's a messenger of satan and it's like tormenting him and like so it's it's almost in um and like for the sake of an analogy like a trial or something like difficult that you're going through that's really just like piercing your side and it's not it may be just not something like is, oh, I just, I, I didn't do well on this test, but you're like disappointed and like, man, I wish I did better. But it's more of like something that's eating away at you, so to say. Like it, it's painful. It's something that's not going away and it's maybe like you've buried deep down and you haven't confessed it or like nobody knows about it, but it's just eating away at you and you're so just distraught and like all you want to do is just like cry and like just this crazy thing that's like eating you. And so Paul's saying like there's this, this thorn in my flesh and then He picks back up um, in verse 8, and he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Like, like mic drop, like, dang, I mean, it's, like, just so awesome. Like, so he's saying, like, I pleaded with the Lord, like, God, why me? Like, take this away. Like, why am I having to go through this? Why is everyone just, like, so mean to me? Like, why why am I going through this? Why me? Which is such a funny question to ask God, because he's always, like, I mean, there's different reasons, but it's, like, he's, like, why, not almost, like, why not, but, like, like, don't, don't ask why. Like, I have a purpose, and I have a plan for this, and though you don't see it now, like, I'm obviously not giving you more than you can handle without me. And no, you cannot do this by yourself, but I'm still here. And so Paul's pleading with him to take it away, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so, um, <clears throat> like, that's, that's just so crazy. Like, we don't have to, like, like, his grace is sufficient. Like, I mean, I can't even explain that any better way other than his grace is sufficient. Like, dang. Um, But, like, so, going back to, like, tie this into the third thing where it says, like, emotions are merely feelings. So, like, let's say, so emotions such as, like, love or peace or sadness, like, those are all different things we feel, right? Like, I mean, we're all human, so we feel things. Whether you like to admit them or not, you do feel them. Um, And so, like, when when you're feeling these things, like, let's say you're just feeling sad, like, it's just been a bad day, like, 
you forgot your lunch money or somebody stole your lunch money or you locked your car's keys in your car. I've done that before and I had to call my mom to ask her to bring up the other keys and I was just standing outside school like, okay, like, what's up? And it's just like been a bad day. You're just bummed. And so um, sometimes, like honestly, when I'm like had maybe a bad morning or something and honestly, I'm not a morning person so it, it takes me a while to get into the, the, the swing of things but like, it's kind of tempting to just stay in this like slump of ugh, or like when you're maybe going through something that's not just a bad day, it's just been a bad week or it's just life is hard. I mean, um, you could be going through things like with your parents or with your grandparents or with um, friends or something just really traumatic could be happening. I mean, I know people in here have, have gone through that. I can relate, I promise you. Um, and so it's tempting to just stay in that slump and to let just the sadness and kind of like the um, anger and all of that just just take up your life and it's just easier to throw a pity party for yourself and let everyone feel sorry for you and let you be the victim and you're just like, okay, like, like just let everyone comfort you. But our emotions are not just feelings, like they're choices. And it's all about a perspective. And so if you're just sitting here like throwing this pity party and just like mad all the time, but like you have to choose to have joy in those. And as James is saying in chapter one, verse two, like we should count it all joy when we face trials And many times. Like we should, like that's, that's a verse that, I mean, if you've grown up in church, you've kind of heard it a lot. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, like find joy. And then you're like, yeah, like that's awesome. Like my next trial, I'm gonna be like so happy. And then your next trial comes and you're like, I'm so not happy. But it's like, you're supposed to count it joy, but like, how do you do that? Um, and it's a choice. You have to choose to find joy in that. And when there's somebody that maybe is just, so annoying and you're just like why are you talking to me like I just want to be alone or like like oh my gosh I really just you're just like they're just annoying and you're like I don't want to talk to you um but you have to choose to love them because love is an emotion and emotions are choices so you have to choose to love people I mean Jesus chose to love us like my goodness I'm so just like unworthy of all of that love and yet he still died on the cross like for me and we're all like hate to break it to you but you're all unworthy of that love um but it's cool because you don't have to, that doesn't mean you have to think of yourself as unworthy. It's, it's realizing that you're unworthy of that love, but yet Jesus says that you're worthy. And taking that and kind of grasping it in that sense. Um, and so by knowing that we don't deserve that, but choosing to love others because Jesus loved us, loved, loved us and choosing to have joy despite all of the crazy things that we're um, faced with every day. So... Emotions are not just like physical sensations, like they're choices. And um, although you might be thinking, okay, well, that doesn't mean I'm not gonna feel sad. Like, hello, like I'm worried all the time, or I, I feel sad, like I'm with you, I feel sad. I get worried, I get anxious. I mean, I was pretty freaking out before I had to come up here. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just gonna like choke or something. But it's like you, <laughs> um, like that's inevitable. I mean, honestly, like we're human. Until Jesus comes back, like we're gonna feel those things. It's, it's not going to be just taken away, but it's what you choose to do with them is the thing. And so um, Paul's saying, for Christ's sake, to, like, I mean, he says, for Christ's sake, delight in your weaknesses, in the insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for then when you're weak, you're made strong. So you're not, he's not saying, oh, um, for Christ's sake, you are never going to face insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties, like, 
that doesn't say that. I mean, if you're reading that version of the Bible, sorry, it's probably uh, not the Bible. But like, he's saying, for Christ's sake, like, when you are faced with all of those negative things by delighting in them and choosing to find joy in them and to find all of this, like, peace and, like, it's crazy, the peace of the Holy Spirit. Like, honestly, wow. Um, so by delighting and boasting about those and then going out and boasting, saying, hey, I stink at speaking in front of crowds and I am not the best with words or all of that, but to say, like, hey, that's not my strong suit, but yet I boast that Christ can do it because I can assure you I'm not the one speaking right now. Like, oh, my gosh, my words would be, like, not this. And so it's, like, <laughs> like by boasting about that and saying it's not me, it's Christ, like, Christ is glorified, and that's what he's called us to do, to boast about those things, not about the things that we're good at, or um, we may have, like, scored the winning basket at some, like, epic basketball game, and, like, you won state, and all this, like, crazy great stuff, and people are like, oh, great job, like, oh, my gosh, like, you were great, and you're like, yeah, I was, like, man, I practiced all season, like, I'm so good, but it's like, we're not called to boast about those things, we're called to boast about our weakness, and to say, hey, you know what, like, that's awesome, like, Christ did that for me, and he, he was the one that ultimately won the victory. And so um, by doing this, it's a little crazy to kind of like boast about our weaknesses, um, but it makes us realize our dependence. So by boasting about these things, like we realize that we're dependent on our Savior and that we can't just do this by ourselves. and by realizing that um, we're choosing not to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves and to just like, uh, but we're choosing to go out and boast gladly. Like he doesn't say boast like hesitantly, like if you want to, like maybe you can boast about it. He's saying no, like go boast about it because it's like a great thing and it's just awesome. And so we should delight in all of these things and not sit around and wait and just just like slump in ourselves. And so um, basically to sum everything up that I've kind of just thrown at you, um, when trials come and when difficulties come and even when great things come and like great victories and um, awesome accomplishments like getting accepted into college or scoring that winning point or even just like making an A on a final, like that's a big deal. Um, like when those things come, like good and bad, realize that it's not your victory because the victory has already been won and um, to go out and boast about that victory and not your own. So, Thank you. If y'all wouldn't mind closing in prayer, that'd be fabulous. We hope that you've enjoyed the message today and that it will be a source of encouragement to you this week. At Champion Forest Baptist Church, we desire to help people make sense out of life through Christ-centered living. And that's because with Christ, we have hope and true satisfaction. The Bible clearly states that all men have offended God by worshiping things He created instead of Him. We have chosen to reject His authority in our life and look for satisfaction in things He created instead of Him, which is ultimately pointless given that He is truly the only thing that can satisfy us completely. He is the perfection of everything we seek. The problem is, though, that once we have sinned against Him by turning to these other things, a gap is created between us, not allowing us to access Him anymore to find this satisfaction. God's character demands that our rebellion be accounted for before He forgives us, And this is the beauty of the message of Jesus. Christ is perfect in every way. He never rebelled against God, and He took upon our punishment on Himself so that we could be reconciled to God and be fully satisfied in Him, gaining eternal life. 
We need Jesus because without Him, we are without hope, both in this life and for eternity. Turn to Christ alone for forgiveness and find satisfaction fully in our great God. Once again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon.